0: Hey, it's your old pal Slim, and this is a special edition bonus episode of 70mm, finally a podcast about movies. I'm joined by famous artist Danny Haas Ugh. and writer poet Protolexis. You are reckless. In this very special release, we're discussing The Empire Strikes Back on its 40th anniversary. Enjoy. 40-year anniversary, the Empire Strikes Back. A lot of people thought that we would never do another Star Wars movie <laughs> after the experience we had and that we shared with Star Wars Rogue One. Proto, did you think we'd come back this soon after Rogue One, that experience that Danny went through?
1: I didn't think it was going to be this soon. It's, uh, yeah, we're on our two-month anniversary of the Rogue One episode. So two months later- oh. Actually, I don't know if that's true or not, but...
0: (laughs) Two months of Rogue One, 40 years of Empire. We have
1: healed and we're ready to go back in. How about you, Danny? How are you feeling?
2: I'm feeling great. I'm excited.
0: Recording
1: Mm.
2: on The Maker's birthday today, you know?
0: The Maker for George.
2: How old is George? 76.
0: We tried to connect with George for this episode, but we we couldn't make the time sync up. You know, it's hard on Skywalker time, Skywalker Ranch whatever the heck that <laughs> location is called. But it's 40 years since this movie came out in theaters as this episode is releasing on the day that it hit mm. United States audiences. And we thought it would be just a hoot to come back to the universe one more time. One final time? <laughs> one last time. And just jump right into the second movie of the original trilogy. We're skipping over A New Hope because last episode we confirmed that you know, most people that love New Hope, they don't really love New Hope. They just say they do, because it's the first one. I swear anyway, to God. So you started, <laughs> if I remember correctly, on another podcast in another life, you said Phantom Menace was your first Star Wars movie. Yeah. But when was the first time that you saw
2: Empire? Um, It wasn't until after I watched Phantom Menace, actually. I... I believe it was a bunch of well, all the hype coming into them bringing back Star Wars after so many years with episode one. Uh, My now mother-in-law, my then Casey's mom, she's super into uh, sci-fi and she's a big Trek fan and she loves all things sci-fi. So when she found out about episode one coming out, she was excited, but then she found out I hadn't seen any of the originals. So she busted out her VHS tapes of, Mm the original trilogy, which I actually have. I have the ones that she showed me. Um, you stole them. I did. <laughs> uh, so that's when I watched it for the first time, was on VHS, uh, thanks to her. And so, uh, yeah, that was that was my intro into New Hope, Empire, and then Jedi, real
0: quick. Proto, before we get into, I'm assuming you have a prepared introduction for the background of Empire Strikes Back, just in case anyone does not know what the storyline is. But when was, the, when was the first time that you saw Empire?
1: I grew up watching Star Wars, so I feel like I I I have always seen seen it. I don't remember seeing it for the first time. It just was my earliest memory. Uh I do have a vivid memory of watching this, and I'm sure this has somehow blurred my memory, but being in my family's basement watching Empire. And seeing the scene at the end where Vader reveals that he's Luke's father and then running into the laundry room and saying to him, saying, Mom, did you know Vader is Luke's father? (laughs) And her just smiling and being like, yeah, I did. Oh, my God. That's my earliest memory. Holy cow. Of of watching it. And I'm sure it was it was on before in my house. But that must have been just the first time that I had been paying attention enough to understand what was going on.
2: Do you remember being afraid of Vader as a kid? Um, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I was ever
1: af- afraid of Vader because it was always, yeah. Again, it was just, I knew that, like I knew the character before I saw him almost.
0: Proto probably just thought he could beat Vader in a foot race. So he wouldn't have to worry about anything about Vader. <laughs> He'd, tell him to point. He'd just point in one direction, then run the other direction and you, you beat <laughs> Vader instantly. <laughs> Matt, when was your first time? Uh, boy, I feel like I also grew up watching the tapes a lot, but I also have really strong memories of going to the theater when they released them, re-released mm-hmm. them. And that was a big deal for me. But I can't remember if I was watching them before that because I would have been probably around 12 or 13, I think, when they hit theaters. And man, what a, what a great experience that was. That was like, you know, yeah. I kind of Bad. forget that they re-released them, you know, in theaters with like the fanfare and really kicked it off again. Special edition. Yeah. But those were really, really fun. Perto, what's, what's Empire Strikes Back about? Wow.
1: I wasn't prepared to do this actually. <laughs> 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 um, but off the top of my head, perfect. the Rebels coming off their big win blowing up the Death Star, are now on their heels as the Empire is racing after them and hunting down Luke Skywalker. Vader wants him. Does he want him dead? Question mark. He's searching for him. They find him on Hoth and a battle ensues. The rebels have to leave. Uh, Luke encounters, I think this is the, the first Force ghost appearance in the the Star Wars universe with Obi Wan, at least in in the in the terms that they were released, and mm. um, he is sent to Yoda to be trained by him. Uh, Han, Leia, and Chewie go the other direction. They eventually meet up uh, at Cloud City, where Vader and Luke have an encounter, and Empire ends. On a down note, with you not really knowing what's going to happen next, Han Solo is captured, being returned uh, by the bounty hunter, and a lot of uh, questions unresolved mm. at the end of Empire Strikes back
0: this is the I watched this obviously on Disney plus, but this is the first time I've watched. Any of the original trilogy in a in a long time, I guess. But man, this movie looks great on Disney Plus. Mm, yeah, sure. maybe I've just never seen yeah. a Blu ray of this, but man, this looks fantastic. Yeah, it took them a while to
2: do the remasters for the Blu rays, um, and when they finally released those, that that those look they they look incredible. They took their time with them. The details that you can see in these mm-hmm. in these films is unreal.
0: The movie starts out; you see these beautiful this beautiful ship. And right off the bat, I'm like, man, what was redone and what wasn't redone on what release? I started Mm -hmm. to like question what Mm -hmm. was legit from this year, from 1980 and what wasn't legit. That's how good it looked in certain points. And I remember a lot of what was redone, like in Cloud City, the backgrounds and all that stuff. But I just felt like right off the bat, this movie is gorgeous. And Hoth is just such a great idea for a location for the second movie. Like they just nailed it with the choices they made yeah for the follow up to to Star Wars like everything just felt so right and looked so good and it kicked off so much everything not just like toys but just it kicked off everything from this movie in my opinion
1: yeah what you said about the the star destroyer i know i said this when you were watching rogue one that the the one ship might be my favorite but my one note here is that is the Star Destroyer the greatest design ever? Yeah, it is just an amazing looking ship in space. It's just yeah. so gorgeous, and there's so many scenes where there's multiples, and they just layer them in different ways, or like mm-hmm. just the, the the way they use them, and uh, the when the the Falcon's running away, and they have to take evasive action because they're like crossing paths, mm. and it like they like almost look like they're interconnecting from a different angle. There's just so many beautiful shots with the star destroyers.
0: The one, the movie kind of starts out with Luke lost in the snow, and Han has to go out and save him. One thing I just couldn't get over is the pronunciation of certain words. And like, I always get tickled when people call it the the Falcon. Mm -hmm. Like, I know it's just another pronunciation of Falcon, but like, (laughs) so many people call it the Falcon. I've never used that pronunciation before. But also, people call Han Han yeah like Han Solo like historically I've never used that pronunciation but it happened so often this movie that it almost like knocked me out of it like wait what yeah Lando says hands so much and it's it's baffling that there
2: was no one like <laughs> mm-hmm. hold on Billy <laughs> let's uh let's call him Billy, Han and let's one
0: more time Billy <laughs> yeah <laughs> Can we? Please, what is one other thing? I, <laughs> yeah, one other thing about Billy D. Williams is I I also just love the way he runs. I'm not sure if anyone else picked up on this, but the way his like duck feet like shimmied across <laughs> those like smooth floors in Cloud City, I could watch that on loop all day long. I he just like noticed. glides, he glides across those floors.
2: Amazing.
1: If I can preface before we get too far into this, um, please do for a while, I. When people ask me my favorite movie of all time, I would say Empire Strikes Back. What? A couple years ago that that changed for me. Um, I think I just You watched There Will Be Blood? Uh no, I (laughs) No, I just I don't know. I just, you know, your tastes change. I it still holds a very special place in my heart. It's, you know, like one of my top favorite movies of all time. Um and when I uh I went to watch this again, I was I figured I'll put it on in the background. Cause I've seen it so many times and I'll just work on what I have to work on. But as soon as I put it on, I got sucked into this movie and I just stopped mm-hmm. what I was doing mm. and, and I couldn't help, but like give it my full attention again. And this is a movie that's really hard to see. I feel like with fresh eyes because of all the baggage that comes with it. It's just like, I, I, I feel I know every line I've seen it so many times And you know, when you see a movie like that, you, you're, you kind of have a certain sense of everything about it and it's hard to shake your assumptions. So I was trying to imagine what this would be like if I had seen this for the first time, like I'd seen new hope and then I would see this and just the things that I wouldn't have known about star Wars already, you know, coming into this, like the the thing I mentioned about, um, seeing Obi-Wan in on Hoth as a, as a force ghost, Um, like if I was in the theater and seeing that for the first time, you know, you don't, you know, very little about the force coming into this movie and seeing that image that must've been like, Whoa, like what is this? Or even Luke using a lightsaber, right? Because in the, in the new hope he has like the training simulator where he's like whacking the taser shots, Mm -hmm. but that's all he really does. And this is, you know, the start of the movie, he's wielding a lightsaber, uh, mm. So I, I was trying to look at it like that. And one of my my other notes that i had never really thought of before is that um, uh, Han is a real jerk. Uh, oh, yeah. In the beginning of this movie, he's
0: just like yelling at everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What f- uh, f- was the floor commander or who's he yelling tech at? Tech officer. Uh, tech officer. Tech officer. Excuse me, sir. My ahead, tech, tech officer. <laughs> God, he was pissed off at that guy. It's possible he came in through the south entrance. It's possible. Why don't you go find out? It's getting go find wow. out. Why don't you find out? <laughs> I mean the the tension that he had between Leia to start this movie is like oh, volcanic. Yes. <laughs> the, the one of my notes was just essentially, Han is such a star in this movie. Like he yeah. is so good in this movie. He is buttery smooth. Oh. Like you can just tell that he oozes star power in this movie, and they hit the jackpot casting Harrison Ford for this character.
2: Yeah, it's so true. Cause I watched um, recently Empire Dreams Again, the documentary. And when they show the casting, and it's, um, oh my gosh, I just drew a blank on his name. Burt Reynolds. The other guy that they wanted to, yeah, uh, Burt Reynolds, no, uh, Kurt Russell. Tom Selleck. <laughs> oh. Tom Selleck would be amazing, actually. But when they show uh Kurt Russell reading the lines for Han, I'm like, there's no way this would have been as good as Harrison at all. Mm-hmm.
0: Especially
2: in Empire. Harrison eats it up in this movie.
0: Yeah, also um Kurt Russell's like three feet tall, I think. He would have been <laughs> know. shorter the, than Leia uh, yeah, in that movie.
2: They showed the guy that was reading for Luke as well, and he's like four feet taller than Kurt Russell, and it would like he would have been his chew,
1: <laughs> basically. Something about this comparing it to the the sequels is I never really with the sequels. I don't think I fell in love with any of the characters as much as I did with the original trilogy. And I was, you know, you're thinking about that and like, why, like, why don't I feel like there is much depth with those characters? But I, and I think it's when, because when you watch this movie, there's so much committed to building the relationship between the characters. Like you're saying all those scenes between Han and Leia are, are amazing they are so good and they just like build out their relationship so that when they're separated it hits you so much harder like i never had that connection or felt like the the characters were connected or really had relationships in the sequels whereas in this movie like these characters they feel so bonded um Mm. It's it, it, it Comes off different. You, to didn't,
0: me. you didn't feel that with Ray or or Finn or Poe in in Force Awakens at all.
1: No, I feel like the only characters that really have a connection in the sequels is 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 Kylo and Ray. That's the only the only characters I feel that way with. What the other ones? I comment. feel like they're just they're they're kind of cardboard. They're not like real. They're not real relationships. Every time I see Poe hug anybody, I'm like, come on, dude, you don't know them. <laughs>
2: Oh, I don't think I've gosh. ever heard. I don't know if I disagree with you. Uh, oh, sorry, go ahead, God. Matt Fisher. Uh, what? What? No, you. I don't know, need I'm not to agreeing love here with agreeing. him. I, there is a lot of relationships that I love. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. But I can see what he. I, I can see where he's coming from. There's, there's a, there's a disconnect when it comes to uh, these actors in, in both trilogies. There's this weird. I feel like with the sequel trilogy. Uh, You can see it in the filming and in the making of stuff where it's like, we're making Star Wars. It's already established. But I feel like when you watch the original trilogy, there's a different, I don't know, there's there's this like, we're building something new. And you can tell, you can just tell in the acting, you can tell in the storytelling, you can tell in the way things are built and made and... It, it just it just has a whole different feeling to it, and I can understand where you're coming from with the relationships because I feel like they're not written. I mean, there's not really a love story written in the sequel trilogy until we get to the last ten minutes of the Rise of Skywalker. There's no like passion when it comes to that kind of story. Now, there's a passion when it comes to the friendship and uh, that kind of camaraderie, but um, we don't get the Han and Leia love that we would in in the sequel trilogy at all so then those scenes where they're so passionate with each other even when they're just mad at each other it's different it's a different weight
0: Mm. i will say that i'm glad that we don't have that kind of love in the sequel trilogy even though i won't directly reference the third movie at all whatever whatever you want to call that movie that they did in (laughs) sequel trilogy but i love Poe and Finn and Ray in the first movie. I thought the Finn and Ray stuff in the the Falcon uh, (laughs) Han Solo's ship. I thought that was magic movie magic. All their stuff. I do think that they probably did eventually a a, not a disservice, but a slight detour the Canto Bite stuff. So that like worked as a negative to continuing building that relationship with like those three characters. Um. But then they, and then they, I think they tried way too hard in the third one to make up for that. But I also do like the love from Last Jedi between the two when they were kind of force connecting while she was training. I thought that was an interesting point of view to compare the two kind of love stories. Back to Empire. How about, so like, this is the first time I've watched this movie in a very long time. And I was wondering when the reveal was that Leia was the twin sister. And I couldn't remember if Mm -hmm. it was Jedi or if it was this one because, and then I remembered it's not this one because they just full on kiss in that infirmary scene with Luke. And so I tried not to be too, too negative on a lot of the kind of like big picture planning stuff. But was there ever a idea where the twin sister would have been a different character besides Leia? Because Yoda teases it loosely and says, there's another, he doesn't really say it's a sister. But I was just wondering, like, why still use Leia? Why not just, like, create a different character or something in that third movie?
2: It is interesting, especially with the kissing and the kind of leading on to the romantic side of their relationship that they could have. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he—she—I fi- I, I don't know. Because she does find out in this movie that she has the ability to connect to him.
0: And I'll only say one, one other negative thing, but I— also, like, how does Vader not know that he's interacting with his daughter in A New Hope? Like, you don't get any kind of force flicker in your little brain that, hey, there's something weird about this princess. She might be my daughter. Like, mm-hmm. you don't, he doesn't, like, get the vibe <laughs> using the dark side. Social feelings, Vader. <laughs> no, right? Like, that's just, like, well, I such guess a they weird say, like, thing.
1: Yeah, maybe it's, it was... Maybe something in the, the ephemeral realm, like Obi-Wan is somehow clouding Vader's ability to recognize her.
0: Yeah, Obi-Wan's like cooking a lizard in the desert and he's like using the force.
1: <laughs> Speaking of Obi-Wan in, in hindsight, how about that warmonger not for a moment hesitating <laughs> to send Luke to be trained by Yoda after, <laughs> after living through the Clone Wars with Anakin and seeing what happened with him? Uh-huh. Sorry, I'm 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 very deep into, into Clone deep Wars right Wars now, so it's very fresh on my mind, <laughs> and I feel like it's totally it's it's changing my perception of Obi Wan in a in a deep and profound way.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's funny to, to to watch the prequel stuff, and especially with the Clone Wars animated, to to tap
0: back into the original trilogy. I don't know if Proto was there when Danny and I were talking about the Clone Wars during the thick of it in Slack when I first went through, but one of the main issues I have with, we're getting so into the weeds, I feel like we're barely talking about Empire, but when in Clone Wars, you know, Anakin is like a general, he's a big deal, he's one of the hottest shits in the show, and when they first talk about Luke's father, they just call, what's the phrasing, he's like an amazing warrior and pilot, I think that's the quote in A New Hope or something? Cunning. Cunning. cunning cunning. and that's like underselling it and I know with the benefit of hindsight like you're retrofitting things 40 years later but how does none of these people know that this kid Luke Skywalker why is that not firing off memory banks of like wait Luke Skywalker what about General Skywalker from the Clone Wars is there any relation to that guy because he was so good that he should have been known the universe over everyone knew about Skywalker so Proto when you're talking about that That was one of my main gripes with going through the Clone Wars animated show is that I always felt like they trumped him up so hard that no one knowing about him in the original trilogy didn't really make sense to me.
1: Something else that I I thought was kind of cool is that when they're sending out the probes and they see the generator on the planet and the one guy's like, uh, or the Admiral's like, that could be anything. And Vader's like, that's it and he knew right away and then he like gave them orders of exactly what they were going to do i was like wow that that actually fits in with yes. the sense that he is a general and he's done so many invasions on a planet that he knows exactly what to do and there's a beautiful subtle moment in there that i never noticed is that the vader gives orders to the general who would handle the invasion. And then mm. the Vader walks away and then the general looks at the admiral and then the admiral nods. And it, it was kind of cool because it shows that there's like a power struggle tension between the Sith and the Imperial, uh, uh, you know, admirals that, they're like, okay, Vader's here and he's kind of in charge, but maybe not really. So let me get, mm. make sure the Admiral wants to do this. I thought that was like a really, really cool moment in light of what I know about how the Jedi and the Sith would operate within, um, within the Republic or the, the, Imper- uh, the
2: Imperium. So what to, to Matt's uh, statement about <clears throat> not many people knowing, uh, I think the, uh, about Anakin, the thing the story that was told post Anakin's death was that Vader killed Anakin. You hear Obi-Wan say that. So the thing is people know about the stories of general Ana- of Anakin Skywalker, but what they know of his fate is he was killed by Vader. So no one's going to question or even be like to even think that Vader could be Anakin. So they all they know is that a general, the great general Anakin Skywalker was murdered by Vader. That's the story mm-hmm. that's been told. So that's why there's no real question. People know about Anakin. Uh, the fact that they don't tie the, you know, get the two together, that Luke is another Skywalker. Um, I don't know. I don't know how common Skywalker would be like, like Smith, Smith or yeah. 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 But so the, everyone's thought of Anakin as he's been, was murdered by Vader. So that's, that's why he's not really talked about that much anymore.
1: Mm -hmm. that makes sense and even the idea that uh, like a Sith apprentice would kind of come out of nowhere you know you don't know who this person is he wears a mask and he killed Anakin
0: yeah I could yeah I can get behind that I did like too how you referenced the general like capabilities of Vader man that was so like my exact thought when he realized that they exited hyperspace too close to the planet and he realized that this Mm -hmm. like blew his plan that was so cool and I that definitely added another depth to the Clone Wars stuff. I was like, yeah that that, that is super cool and that that connects with Anakin of the animated show. one um, thing let's see I'm trying to go through to see how far in my notes is when the Emperor shows up mm. for the first time, and you know this is the updated version obviously of not the one that was in theaters, but you know, the Emperor is essentially talking about how the offspring of Anakin Skywalker. Must not become a Jedi. But then, like, he wants to, like, kill uh, Luke. And then Vader is like, Well, what if he could be turned? And then Palpatine is like, Hmm, I didn't even think of that. Like, you didn't think of that at all, Emperor? Like, that you could have turned this kid? It was like he turned his complete opinion 180. And he's like, Okay, yeah, go see if you could turn Skywalker. I thought that was hilarious.
1: Or was Palpatine playing playing vader in that
0: room. oh that's true
2: that could be i mean i wouldn't put it past that guy i mean you have vader who's got so many robotic parts why not replace him with a son with the equal to oh the
0: abilities of the force yeah he would replace vader in heartbeat with luke one one thing i I forgot to mention is but this movie the direction this movie is gorgeous Irvin mm-hmm. uh kirschner i think right yep uh, directed the it kirsch The Kirsch. There are so many scenes in this movie that, like, you could put up in, in, like, how Alien looks good. Like, there are many scenes in the movie Alien that look phenomenal, but there are so many scenes where Luke is in kind of half shadow, where Han is in the shadows Mm -hmm. and half his face is showing. There's also a shot where Luke goes down the tunnel towards the end. Oh, and it's it's in darkness. And then the lights come in. Like, are you kidding Mm -hmm. me with this shot? I don't remember this movie being so beautifully shot
2: so many of my favorite scenes actually are on dagobah cuz i love um the detail and the layers to that uh that jungle type marsh area that they have with yoda's hut and uh you know swinging in the vines and doing the training and then and then the the forest tree where he's has a vision of himself as vader and that I, the dagobah stuff for me is hands down my favorite parts of of empire i mm. love those scenes so much
0: Plus, Yoda is just so adorable.
2: Yoda's so adorable. I love how goofy and silly he is until he gets to uh, really training Luke. But the speech he gives Luke, the little like slap in the face where he's talking like about the Luminous beings, uh, that they are. They're not this crude matter. And I, I love that little pep talk he gives Luke.
0: For my ally is the Force and the powerful ally it is. Life creates it. It makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. Yes, even between the land. The
2: ship. It's it's one of my favorite lines that Yoda gives in all of Star Wars.
1: Mm. You are reckless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that speech, man, gobsmacked when he gives mm-hmm. that speech. That is the force. Like, yeah. That scene is the encapsulation of the force to me from the, the original trilogy. Yeah. yeah, it's just like the, like the focal point. It's in the middle of the middle movie. It's like right there at the zenith, and it just like he goes off on explaining to Luke what the force is, it's, mm-hmm. it's and
2: John Williams' score in that background when he's talking, it just it melts you. It's perfect. It's a perfect scene. The um, the can we talk about the carbonate scene?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That,
1: that set. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! All times that. This Absolutely set is incredible. unbelievable, and the uh, when when Han is about to be frozen, the lighting there oh, with the blues up top and the <laughs> golds on the bottom. Oh my god, it's just so gorgeous that that whole set. And then even like you, yeah, Slim, like you were saying, when he goes down and there's that that tunnel that he goes through, and the lights come on, and then even the room after that. There's so much detail in these, in these sets, it just makes it feel so real. It, it, it's like, it's like triple A over the top gorgeous.
0: Yeah. That the carbonite scene, I had so many notes about that entire set. The first shot of Vader on set, you know, that it's just like mm. Vader's in the, in the far back and you just see the outline of Vader because he's in darkness. There's no light in front of him. Like I was just, oh. I was like getting angry at how good this entire scene <laughs> looked. And like, if I was on set and we're reviewing the dailies, I'd be high five and everyone responsible. <laughs> like we, we, we and nailed it guys. We got it. Like, this is perfect. Everything in this scene is perfect. Um, yeah. it's just, it, it's, it's just so stunning to me how beautiful and like, not to discount the later movies, like, like the, the prequels. But like, this is what you're missing out on those prequels. This legit real set, this having a different director Mm. kind of take over different ideas. But man, it just makes this stuff shine so hard. You're not seeing me roll my eyes right now, but yes, you're right.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Some of the best scenes in that too are when Luke and Vader are dueling, when he tries to trap him in the carbonite (sighs) and so much of the fight is just lit by the lightsabers. And it's mm. insanely perfect. There's times when they're crossed on Luke's face, and it's like half blue, half red, and it's it's playing with the not playing with the idea, but you know he's going to have to make a choice at some point uh, because it's his father. How mm-hmm.
0: about when Vader flies down the stairs? Oh, <laughs> kidding me! <laughs> he lands with his two feet together. <laughs> so good. It's so way. good. Also, some of the other Vader stuff I loved his pod. His like you know the his pots, little whatever oh, you sp- want to call that his secret little mm. apartment pod where he hangs out looks so awesome a meditation chamber. But, oh, the 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 scene where his helmet is off and the one admiral sees the back of his bald burned head, but then also oh, on Cloud City where he first appears and he's sitting at the dinner table. I just <laughs> started laughing at the Thank idea you. of Vader sitting at a dinner table <laughs> waiting for people. Yes. like How long was he sitting there? <laughs> what was he doing for ten so minutes? Suited up. <laughs> He's like, he's like picking up forks and like putting it up to the light. See how plain it is while they wait for him.
1: Or how about that meal? What's he doing? He's just sitting there the whole time watching everybody eat, you know, cause he's not taking his mask off.
2: <laughs> I know. It's got like a sippy straw through the vent.
0: <laughs> the, I love you scene is talked about to death, but man, mm-hmm. it's right on. Like I haven't seen it in so long, but that thing hums that entire scene And it also makes, like, I'm trying to think of when she kisses, the first time that they kiss in that Mm -hmm. scene, it's just so amazing. Like, you feel everything that's been leading up to that moment, Um, but it's perfect. Uh,
2: The I love you, I know scene I know is talked about a lot, but it is, it's wild to think that someone like Kirshner and all the people that were writing this movie and directing it and producing it, a part of it. That scene they shot so many times to get right. They wrote the lines back and forth, back and forth. And they couldn't, they, I forget how many times he said they cut it and they just couldn't get the, I love you. And I love you back kind of scenario. Right. And so they told Harrison to wing it one take and Harrison created the line. I know like that was his gut feeling of what Han should respond uh, mm-hmm. and I can't believe like it's I love hearing that and I and I know that's one of those things in this movie that is just like yeah 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 whatever but it's like it's cool because uh, it's Harrison like it's him putting something into this movie besides uh just being a great uh, solid actor for on it's it's his own little touch in that scene which is great I love you
0: I know
1: One of of my notes um, about the Cloud City is, how about Lando causing complete pandemonium by telling everyone to evacuate? (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine like the leader of a city comes over? "Uh, I'm going to need everybody to leave immediately. And then suddenly the next shot, everyone's just like scrambling, running as fast as they can down all these halls. (laughs)
0: Lando, was that really necessary? (laughs) When watching this again, this movie... And I was scanning to see some of the reviews Ebert had, I'm not sure if it was Ebert, but some of the negative reviews it got at the time was that it felt like almost filler, like the middle of a story. And it definitely feels that way. And, but not a negative to me. This almost feels like for better or worse, the template for what the Marvel movies became in, but like Hmm. times a million, you know, they're telling a larger story across many movies Maybe yeah. many series, but this was, you know, was this the first movie to do that? I think it was.
2: Yeah. I mean, I can't think of back in any other sequels that kind of did it like this, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it- Empire set the, set the stage for sequels to come for yeah. sure. Well, I love that part of it because it,
1: you just feel like you're in, you're just living in the universe, like in the middle of the movie, Luke's on Dagobah. And then even when the they have the Falcon on the asteroid and they're just chilling there, you know, nothing's really moving forward in those moments. But it's just so cool the way it builds out the universe. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. You know, I just love that. Just learning more about this this world. And again, like I was, like trying to imagine having seen New Hope and then just seeing this and that's all I know about Star Wars. Like this just gave so much to the understanding and and what the world is about. And even introduces one of my other notes was just the bounty hunters for the first time. You yeah. know, and like, wow, like Vader is enlisting bounty hunters to go
0: after, to go after these guys. I mean, this this spurned so much love too. I mean, what was that one bounty hunter book that came out when I was a kid? Um, one of the Star Wars books that they kicked off was a uh, focus on the bounty hunters. And I ate that stuff up because you want to dig into more of the world they did they produced so much content that was just in book form like that is such a bizarre idea now that you're gonna create a property in theaters and then follow it up with books as your added content Mm -hmm. like what yeah that doesn't happen now now it's Disney plus content it's like a limited series that costs hundreds of million dollars to produce and a lot of what I sought out when I was a kid was the Star Wars books And because you still want to learn more about Luke. Like I'm still kind of perturbed that they haven't made the further adventures of Luke Skywalker in modern times. I don't care if that's a book or a comic book or a video game, but like, why does that not exist? I want to find out what Luke did after Return of the Jedi and learn more about his adventures, finding like, you know, Jedi artifacts. Um, But there's just so much lore to be uncovered still. In modern times, I know they retconned everything before that, but, you know, there's still so much that I want to know about this universe.
2: Yeah, I definitely feel you on that. I know there's—now, um, for me, uh, Empire is my uh, second favorite of the original trilogy. I'm, I, I prefer Return of the Jedi, and, um, and it's because of Luke. Um, I love—Luke is my favorite character in, in, in all of Star Wars, and it's because of Jedi. I love him in that movie. Um, but you're reminding me of a comic that came out after Jedi. It, it takes place after Jedi, and it's called uh, Sh- uh, Shattered Empire. Mm. And uh, I don't know if you read that. It's it's Luke mm-hmm. uh, traveling with Poe's mom, and uh, I really loved that story. It's a cool little it's a cool little story about Luke post post Jedi.
0: Yeah, I forgot about that, and I remember when that came out. I think that came out right before Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. It was on that road
2: to Force Awakens. Yeah, but man, train. there are a
0: lot of great seeds about his connection with Poe's family that, you know, it's not explored in the movie. It doesn't have to be. It's frustrating it's not explored in the movie, yeah. actually. Because
2: Luke has a direct connection with Poe's mom. To the point where Luke, what he was after was the Force tree uh, that the Empire, the, uh, the Emperor had on the Death Star, I believe. I can't remember now. And when he and Poe's mom retrieve the tree, he gives her a branch off of the force-sensitive tree, and she plants a force-sensitive tree in their house. As Poe grew up around it, mm-hmm. and like that's that's a major in Star Wars lore, and we got none of that connection with Poe in all of the sequel trilogy to Luke.
1: General audience isn't ready for a force tree,
2: <laughs> which is uh, yeah, you know, it's fine, but you can't you can't tie in Luke directly to. Uh, the Damerons and
0: have Poe not know a damn thing about him besides him being a myth. He, he could have even said like, my mom always used to talk about him, but he's a myth or yeah. something like just one line. Mm. Like give us something. Yeah, something
2: like that. I think my mom flew with him or something, some mm. bullshit like your father once fought in the clone wars or something with me,
0: a cunning warrior. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we're getting off of empire. Proto we're ready. You know, we know what you said during the Rogue One episode about Darth Vader at the time, the disparaging comments that people alleged to have heard during that episode, what are you ready to say about Empire's rating and your overall thoughts with Vader?
1: Well, yeah, I'll start with one other note I had about Vader and that's the, the fight he has with Luke that you totally can see Vader's style of fighting is that he just overpowers his enemies Mm -hmm. where the fight starts with him fighting with one hand and kind of like being very passive. And then with each passing scene, he gets more aggressive to the point at the end where he is just swinging wildly and just really wears Luke down to the point where mm-hmm. Luke can't even hold up his hand anymore. And he gets cut off. Um, so I, I love that, that bit about Vader and, uh, this has, this movie has the best scenes of Vader, that speech at the end with Luke. Um, Yeah, we didn't really talk about that, but man, that reveal, that moment, the way it's delivered is just magic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like every time I see it, I'm just like, I just gasp, you know, Mm -hmm. I know exactly what's going to happen, but I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Um, And I, and I love it. And this movie, like I said before, it holds a special place in my heart. This will always be a five-star movie for me. It just gives (laughs) me the warm and fuzzies every time I watch it. And, you know, all this talk we've had about, you know, new material that's come out and how interesting it would be in light of Clone Wars. I'm so excited for the uh, eventual original trilogy remake. Can't wait.
2: (laughs) Oh, my God.
0: (laughs) (sighs) Holy moly. Jesus. Yeah. The I think the Clone Wars animated rewatch has really just fueled my love of Star Wars that it hasn't felt like and rebels that I haven't felt since I was a kid. So I've been eating this stuff up. You know, I loved it when I was a kid, but I have a different kind of love as an adult with the new stuff that's out. And this is also a five-star movie for me. Mm. Um, The Vader stuff at the end is so good. And honestly, honestly, I don't even remember him kind of giving him that speech about rolling the galaxy together and ending the conflict that you, you know, you heard in the new trilogy with Kylo and Rey, like there's just so many echoed conversations that they brought out that I enjoy more now. Um, so five stars from me, Danny. What about you? Wow.
2: Um, yeah. I mean, I live and breathe Star Wars, and this coming into the 40th anniversary, I've gotten to work on so much Empire stuff this year so far. And uh, while it's not my favorite um, of the original trilogy, it is the best in my opinion, the best Star Wars movie uh, that has been made, uh, I believe. Uh, as far as Star Wars lore and star- and action scenes and-, and characters and development of of the story, I feel like Empire does the best job in, in Star Wars. So um, this is a five-star movie. This is a perfect Star Wars film. And mm. I absolutely love this movie to death. So mm. uh, yeah, this is a fantastic movie,
0: five stars. Wow.
1: Let's all kiss. Mm.
0: (laughs) 40 years later, we did it. We came back. And who knows what the future is going to hold for us with Star Wars universe. You never know. You know, maybe we we come back down the line. Maybe there's a desire to now that we're all on an even playing field after we gave our ratings for Empire Strikes Back. Prada, would you come back on this show in the future? Would you say it now? You'll come back and do Return of the Jedi during the anniversary. Like
1: I said before, it's not my choice to pick what movies we watch. But (laughs) if there, if there are people out there who want it, I want to give the people what they want. Uh, so I, I could be on board for return. Man, I haven't watched Return of the Jedi in a while. Am I watching that tonight?
2: Well. Well, you have three years until we do the anniversary
0: (laughs) for Return of the Jedi. So we got time. More episodes to go. I love love how Proto paints himself as just an innocent bystander in this entire podcast choosing, movie choosing process. It makes me sick. I'm sick right now. He's just stroking his beard right now. If he still has his beard by the time this episode posts, who knows? <laughs> uh, well, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you, George Lucas. Mm. I know you're listening. You know, we couldn't make the schedules work out. Oh. Happy birthday. And um, thanks for that nice note you sent the three of us. My king. That, that private note was really heartfelt. Very nice. And uh, stay tuned for future bonus episodes down the line. Maybe we do Return of the Jedi in three years. Maybe that's our next bonus episode. I can't wait to see Danny's art for this episode, to be honest.
2: Oh, I was going to say, I'll let you guys pick what scene you want me to do. we <gasps> have done so much damn art. First Empire. You guys get to pick the scene. <sighs> Fudge.
0: Oh, my God. God. Mm-hmm. Proto, what, scene, what scene's at the top of your mind right now? Oh, man. Top Is it the scene mind. where Leia kisses Luke a second time in the infirmary at the end of I'll the movie? I'll do it. <laughs> Oh man,
1: that's uh, I don't know. Gosh, you know one other shot that we didn't cons. get to talk about was the uh, when they're trying to escape to the Falcon out on the pad. That shot oh. in the sunset. <sighs> kidding me? That's a gorgeous shot
2: too. Thank you, Ralph MacQuarie. You mean the? Oh yeah,
0: we'll, we'll talk about it off comms. Yeah, we'll get offline. <laughs> we got another episode to record tonight. Okay, you guys get to pick. Uh, Thanks to everyone for watching and listening. We'll see you next time. 70mm is a VHS Village production and produced by Dale underscore A. Sponsored by Half Double Design. Original artwork provided by Danny Haas. Spiritual guidance provided by Protolexis. This episode was mixed and edited by me, Slim. Special thanks to the good people at Letterboxd. And for a chance to win a pro Letterboxd account, share the show and tag us on social media at 70mmpod. Goodbye.